Welcome to Circle 3 Cowboy Fellowship's podcast. We are patriots, unafraid and unashamed to speak the truth and spread the gospel. Today's message is from Gary Lear. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the show. We've got a few announcements. Uh, Ranch camp is coming up. Uh, That will be a week from this Thursday already, isn't it? So this coming Thursday, then another week. So, uh, we are still looking for silent auction items. The silent auction will be set up next uh, Saturday, I think. Rowena said she was going to set it up, and it will be open to start bidding on next Sunday. So, uh, silent auction is going to be coming, and so if you have items for that or services for that, see Rowena. We've got barrel racing Monday nights. Uh, are you still going at 6.30, Jonathan? Roughly 6.30. So uh, if you're interested in signing up for barrel racing, talk to Jonathan, and uh, he'll probably be putting in names tonight even. So uh, barrel racing on Monday nights. Uh, We've got a team open clinic scheduled right now with Blue Allen for the 17th, 18th, and 19th of July. If you're interested in learning team open, uh, that would be a good clinic to be a part of. It's a $200 entry fee. For that $200, you get uh, all three days of clinics. I think there's food involved, at least two lunches, I think she said. Uh, $25 of that will go towards entry fees for a jackpot roping that we'll do on Sunday afternoon, where we'll be paying back 100% of all those entry fees. So it'll be an opportunity, if you're interested in learning team roping, to to, to do that and possibly win back your money. So uh, that'll be on the uh, July 17th, 18th, and 19th. I don't have it on my calendar. July the 11th is our next uh, team roping event. We had a huge event yesterday, huge. And, uh, you know, the arena out here is is paying off, so to speak. Uh, Tina told me uh, a couple of days ago that since they've been at Circle 3, their Gymkhanas have doubled in size. So they've gone from like 30 to 60 since they've been out here. And yesterday they had 87 contestants in the gym company. So she, uh, she and Amber are doing an outstanding job in their team that are coming in, and I am thankful that they're doing it and not us. And, uh, and in our, our team roping last night, we had a great uh, team roping. that had a nice turnout. The evening was a little breezy, but it was a nice evening. I think we concluded almost 11 o'clock before we wrapped up last night. So uh, we, had a, we had a fun day yesterday. A lot of work, and I want to thank everybody who's worked so hard. Our concessions people, uh, my goodness, they are they are selling the heck out of hamburgers this year. I don't know how many hamburger patties this church has bought since the past year. But, uh, you know, I think they sold over 1000 I think $1,200 is what I heard in concessions yesterday. So uh, that, was, that was great. So we have that happening on the 11th. Um, I've been in touch with the Sheffields. They're planning a 4th of July event here the day. Uh, it will either be a ranch rodeo and a uh, team roping that evening, uh, or excuse me, it be a team roping in the morning and a ranch rodeo in the evening. That's what they're trying to get put together, but she's also saying that uh, they're having some issues getting their announcer uh, squared away. So if they don't do that, they'll end up doing a barrel racing in the morning and a team roping in the evening, and that will be on the 4th of July. And then uh, the Montrose County Fair roping that the Sheffields put on uh, because of the fact that the fairgrounds is being not very nice to people and letting them go in there because 
we're all going to catch coronavirus and die. Uh, they're going to be doing the Montrose Fair roping at our arena in uh, July. So that's still kind of up in the air as to which night that'll be. But that's a couple things coming up on our, on our arena calendar. Ladies Bible study is still happening here on Wednesday mornings uh, at 930. And from what I understand, Betty is getting it done. Because the group has been growing and you guys have been doing wonderful. So I want to congratulate Betty and her team with the uh, Ladies Bible Study for doing such a great job. And that is still going on. The Ladies Zoom Bible Study, which I also understand is growing and doing well, is being put on hold. Because I understand that Stacy and Jeremy are celebrating their 20th wedding anniversary. And uh, I don't know why you put a Bible study on hold for an anniversary for 20 years. I've never been married for 20 years yet. Well, if you add them all up, but... Is that right? <laughs> I'm not even going to wait into that one. I'll be doing marriage counseling if I get too involved at this point. So, uh, but anyway, uh, because of that, because of Ranch Hand Camp, they are suspending that until the 8th of July, where the Ladies' Zoom Bible study will continue. And I think you said you have after that three more weeks of that study, and then you'll take a pause until the fall uh, semester, and she'll be doing something in the fall. So that's coming up. Uh, let's see. We've got coffee mugs. If you're new to the church, we want to make sure you get a coffee mug or a backpack for the kids. Uh, the garden team is in need of uh, five to six foot long wooden stakes or tripods or hog panels, something that they can make to contain their tomato plants because they're anticipating lots of tomatoes out there. And one thing I want to mention to you guys, feel free to go back with pruners. We've got willows back there. If you want to go back and cut up a bunch of those willows and make yourself some tripods, knock yourself out. So uh, that's that's something else we're in need of. Uh, let's see. I think that now we're just down to the kids. If you want to go with Linda, now would be the time to go with her. And try not to look so cute. All right. So, um, how many of you spent much time thinking about what heaven's going to be like? You know, I, I thought about it. Uh, as a kid, I used to think about what eternity was going to be like. I mean, think about it. Eternity. Never ending. Time no more, no longer will play a part in our lives. Think about how much time affects our lives right now. If you're working for a guy, maybe you're getting paid by the hour, especially time is a big deal. You're watching what time you start, what time you get breaks, what time is lunch, which that's one of my favorites. Uh, you know, everything is about time. And it's funny how time is a relative term. Time, you know, every year of my life, time seems to go by faster. I mean, wasn't it just the other day we were having Christmas? It doesn't seem like it was just a couple weeks ago when I was on the beach in Hawaii. But time tends to, to, to speed up. I was telling the group this morning, I used to, to run long distance in school, and I was a pretty good distance runner, and I could run that mile. I could run three miles in, in around 15 minutes or something like that, and, and that didn't seem to take very long. I mean, I'd get out there on the course and take off, and before you know it, I'd cross the finish line. If I were running three miles today, 15 minutes would be an eternity, and I wouldn't even be halfway through the course. I'm just saying. 
funny how time changes things. And time is something that we're constantly living with. Uh, everything has an expiration date, including us. You know, none of us know when that will be, but we all live with that overshadowing us. Eternity, there will be no time. It just goes on and on and on. There was an old hymn that used to sing in church, and it was 10,000 years, and we'll just be getting started. Think about that, 10,000 years. Well, if you look at what took place 10,000 years ago, that was before Adam and Eve. You know, we estimate the, the world to be a little over 6,000 years since the creation, if those of us who believe in the creation story. 10,000 years goes 4,000 years beyond that, and 10,000 years in heaven would just be the tip of the iceberg. We'll just be getting started. It says that a 1,000 years on earth is like a one day in heaven. Think about that. A 1,000 years. So, so, so really, those of us, we've all probably lost loved ones who are in heaven today. They don't even realize they're gone yet. If you put that mathematical formula, they don't. We miss them every single day, every day that goes by. I miss Caitlin more than you can imagine every day. And, and songs come on the radio like do today on the way down that bring her back, and, and, and it's painful, and I miss her. But she hadn't even been up there in heavenly time, but for a couple of seconds, <laughs> a few minutes. My grandparents, who have only been gone a few, a couple of years now, are just. They're probably just beginning to realize what they've got, you know? I mean, think about that. 10,000 years, and that's only a drop in the bucket to eternity, which never ends. No longer will time be a factor for any of us. The only people that I know that time is not a factor for is Hawaiians. And they don't seem to care about the time over there. I can't wait till time is no longer a part of my life that I have to be concerned with. Now, the book of Revelation, a lot of preachers won't preach out of it. A lot of churches don't like to talk about it. And a lot of Christians are scared to death of it. That's the scary book of the Bible, right? That's the one where it talks about monsters and all kinds of bad things. Well, it's also one of the most encouraging books of the Bible. So I want to start in Revelation chapter 21. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first, first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the adulterers, and the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is their second death. 
long as you're not one of those last group, there's nothing scary at all about that. Get it there. Think about it. A place where there is, it starts by saying there'll be no more seas, no more oceans. And you might wonder, well, why is that significant? But before we get into that, this verse is used to support a school of thought amongst theologians. And there are a couple of schools of thought, one of which is that heaven is this far-off distant place. And when we go there, we go up and we go to it. And the reason we believe that, or reason some believe that, is because when heaven, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he went up on a cloud and it disappeared into the sky. And it says that when he will return, he will come back through the sky and we will meet him in the sky. So, to begin with, heaven is the dwelling place of God. That's what heaven is. I think if God dwelt here on earth, heaven would be here on earth. Because heaven is the dwelling place of God, wherever that may be. They say home is where you hang your hat. Heaven is where your God is. So, this scripture talks about a new heaven and a new earth. And there are also some who believe that we won't leave this planet. That a new heaven and a new earth will come down. And that will be this planet will be recreated into this new heaven and this new earth. I'm just saying, if we don't leave this planet, I'm calling dibs right now on the double RL ranch. I want it. I call dibs. So, in the original Greek writings, there were a couple different words for the word new, okay? One of the definitions of the word new that the Greeks would use would refer to something recreate, uh, something that is built new, something that has not been there before, but is now there, and it's been built new. As a builder, I look at that, and I say, well, we build new homes all the time. I've got a couple of projects going right now where we went out onto an empty lot, and now there's a house standing there, and we are in the process of putting it up. That is one of the words used in the original Greek. One of the other words used in the original Greek more refers to a restoration a making new of something that was old. Well, we also do that. We just finished a project where we went into an old house and we spent all winter where we gutted this thing out completely. Almost no walls were left standing on the interior. And we remade the house into a new floor plan, a new layout. Everything was different. Everything is brand new in that house. Then we went to the exterior and we reskinned and we recited and the whole house is basically new. And it was restored. It was refinished. That's something that we do as well. So I can understand the two separate definitions. It says that in this writing, when it says there will be a new heaven and a new earth, that the Greek word that was used in the original writings is the one that refers to restoration. So it is logical to think that it's possible that heaven will come down. There's other scriptures that say that the meek will inherit the earth. Folks, I'm meek. And like I said, I call dibs on the double RL. I just want to keep getting that out there. I don't really care which is right. I don't care if we stay here, or I don't care if we are swept off to some other place. 
As long as we're in the presence of God, I'm good with it. It doesn't matter to me. The theologians can argue about this till they're blue in the face. The truth is, we really don't know until it happens, do we? I mean, the Bible gives us hints and stuff, but that's really not something that we need to know. Does it really matter? Do any of you have a preference? Good. I don't either. So whether it's a new heaven and a new earth here on earth or whether we're taken away is neither here nor there. But either way, we are going to be for eternity in the presence of God. That's something to look forward to. Because this scripture gives us some hints about what heaven will be. First of all, it says there will be no more seas. And you might wonder, well, why would there be no more oceans? Why, why does heaven? Well, let's think about it. Now, nowadays, it's not as much of an issue as it would have been 100 or 200 years ago or even 2,000 years ago. But what are the oceans? They are natural barriers that divide people. Think about that. Now, we can hop on a plane or we can have, hop on a ship and we can get across the ocean. If you take a plane, you know, you can be in New York to London in, what, six, seven hours, something like that. One of the guys that used to attend our church, he was a United Airlines commercial pilot. And he was sharing one night how he hold, or held at one time the world record for the fastest Pacific crossing in a commercial airliner. And they made Tokyo to Seattle, I think, in just over eight hours. And he almost lost his job over it. But he said he was looking, he was sitting in the runway in Tokyo, and they were getting ready to take off, and he and his co-pilot were looking, and they had a fairly light load on the plane, and they were looking at the jet stream, and they had an incredible jet stream that was going to help push them along. So he said, I added 40,000 pounds more fuel, and we flew just under Mach 1. said I didn't think much of it they questioned us about it and at the time he made up some story but he said one day something came in the mail from Guinness and it was a certificate stating that he held the world record for the fastest crossing and he said he sat on his desk for some time there'll be no more seas but but back then to get a, to get to America think about the effort that it took for Christopher Columbus to come here But what this is telling me in heaven, there will be no more dividing up of people. We will be one family under God. We will all be one family under God. Makes me think that if we can't get along here on earth, we better start figuring out how to get along. Because heaven is eternity. There will be no more death. Think about that. It's nice to know that we won't be living under the shadow of death anymore because we live under it every single day. Every day on this earth, we spend a good part of our time just surviving, don't we? When you really think about it, we go to work so we can have food and shelter, which are required to survive. But when you think about there will be no more death, I think it goes beyond just the fact that there will be nothing, no more people dying. There will be no more death. I'm a little disappointed when I think about that to think that the rules up there are going to be catch and release when it comes to fishing. And that when you hunt, you have to use rubber bullets. Sorry, guys. I know you like to hunt, but that's the way it is. 
There'll be no more debt. When I was looking out, as I was preparing this message today, I was looking out across my place, and we, we live up on Daywood where we don't have irrigation water. One of the biggest problems that I had moving from the Midwest to the West when I first came out here was bare dirt ground. That was hard for me. It really was. I grew up where there was grass, and if there was bare dirt, you'd just give it a little time and it would have grass. I mean, grass just grows out there. I look at the effort it takes for us to have a landscape out here. And back there, you don't even have to think about it. Very few people have sprinkler systems in their lawn. Matter of fact, there's probably more use for drainage systems than there are sprinkler systems back there. But that, when I look at bare ground and as I was looking out across my place, our place is covered with sage and pinion and cedar. And there's beauty in everything. And, and, and I enjoy living up there. But I thought to myself, there is dead grass out there. We had a lot of grass last year because of all the rain and all the moisture we had over the winter. This year, we have none. This year, the weeds aren't even growing. So you think about our desert lands that we have out here. And really, the deserts, when you look at them, represent death. Everything that lives in the desert struggles to survive. Plant life, animal life alike. You ever ride out to Lake Powell and go across that barren ground out there? Look at the cattle out there. They're struggling just to survive out there. They do, and they're equipped for it, but they don't look like the beef cattle in Missouri, I can tell you that, or, or the beef cattle that are being hauled up on the mountain right now. There'll be no more debt. I think that means it will be a lush, green, beautiful world that we live in. I don't know what your temperature is on believing in, in near-death experience and, and people who have stories of that. I, I tend to believe in it because I believe God can reveal to whomever, whatever he wants to reveal to them. So I don't have a problem with that. It doesn't bother me. And one lady that I know that claims to have had a near-death experience where she actually got to see a glimpse of heaven, what heaven might be like, claims that she was with Jesus and he was showing her heaven and he took a, a, a plant and he picked a flower and showed her the flower, and then when he put, he put the flower right back on, and it was as if it was never picked, and he says, see, there is no death. Even when you pick a flower, it dies eventually. But in heaven, there will be no death, even to the plant life. I can't imagine living in a place like that. Apparently, you don't have to cut grass. I don't know. Maybe you do. No more death. There will be no more mourning. I understand mourning, and a lot of you understand mourning who have lost children or close loved ones. It's an ongoing battle every day to get up and deal with the day. This will be a place where there's no more mourning, but I think it goes beyond just mourning. I think there will be a place where there is no regrets. How many of you have regrets in your life? Maybe the question is how many of you don't have regrets in your life? <laughs> wow, Johnny. I bet, because there isn't a single roper that was in that arena that don't have some regrets last night. Oh, okay. <laughs> you stayed on your horse, that's good. And the cow stayed out from under him. But this will be a place where you don't think, crap, I wish I'd have done it different. As we were talking last night, there was a lot of what-ifs left in that arena last night after the roper. What if I would have caught just a, what if I'd have thrown just a half a second faster? In my case, I was in the short go and, 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 and I was 
within reach of getting the, the top prize, the check for the top prize. And, and as I broke my steer, I got a quick wrap on his head and he stepped through the loop. And it's like, crap, what if he wouldn't have stepped through the loop and I dallied off? We might have got the winning check. And Johnny said, well, there was a lot, a lot, a lot of what ifs out in the arena. Those are regrets. I know one of the guys came in. I said, well, how'd you do? And he was just pure disgusting with himself because he missed a head catch that he should have had. And it took him out of the big money check in the 11 and a half room. He was disgusting with himself for that. What if there'll be no more what ifs in heaven? There'll be no more regrets, no more mourning. There'll be no weeping. Think about that. There'll be no more tears. Now, will there be tears of joy? I don't know. I don't know if the Bible is determining weeping as sorrow and, and tears of joy or happy. I don't know. I can't help but think there would be tears of joy when we're reunited with our loved ones that are up there. But there'll be no more sadness. There'll be no more weeping caused by sadness. And I think maybe that's more what they're referring to is sadness. There'll be no more pain. How many of you guys are hurting right now physically or emotionally? The older I get, the more I realize I have pains in places I didn't used to have pains. One of the pains I have is sitting on a chair back there. <laughs> she, she's all right with it. There'll be a place where there'll be no more pain, no more, no more need for Advil. There'll be no cancer. There'll be no coronavirus or the flu or strep throat or... Can you imagine living in a place where that doesn't even cross your mind? You don't even have to think about it. There'll be none of that. It tells us there will be no more nightfall. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 5, it says that there will be no need for the sun, that the glory of the Lord will illuminate for us. There will be no more day and night. There will only be the glory of the Lord. There will be day. How many of you have been to Alaska? A place where it's parts of the year it never really gets dark. When I was working up there, it was really deceiving. You'd look at your watch and it'd be midnight and the sun would still be up. It's kind of cool. You can get a lot done. Heaven won't have darkness. It'll only be light and it'll be illuminated by the glory of God. And then there'll be no more curse realize, folks, that we live under the curse. Under the curse that came from the sin that happened in Adam. There will be no more sin. Curse is the, the sin is, sin is the curse. There will be no more of that. Can you imagine what that will be like to no longer have that hanging over our heads for eternity? Heaven is a place to look forward to. It says in Philippians, Chapter 3, verse 20, Paul writes, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. For those of us who have accepted Jesus, we already are citizens of heaven. That is our home, and it's awaiting us. Our citizenship is already established because our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's there, wherever there may be. We are citizens of heaven. How many of you get to travel every once in a while? Take trips. Trips that you want to take, not trips to go see your mother-in-law. Cindy and I try to take a trip in the wintertime to someplace warm. 
to get out of the cold, and it helps break the winter up for us. You know, and so we try to book something in February. We have traveled a lot through the Caribbean. We also go to Hawaii some. Part of the fun in taking a trip is the anticipation leading up to the trip, right? Getting ready, counting down the days. Three more days and we're gonna be out of the snow and cold and we're gonna be on the beach where it's 80 degrees and not a care in the world. That's part of the fun of the trip. Folks, we are citizens of heaven. The anticipation of heaven, should, we should feel that. We should be excited about that. That's something not to dread, but something to be excited for. A place like what was just described, beyond our wildest imaginations, a place that is perfectly suited for God's people. That's what heaven will be. And we get it for eternity. It says for those of us who have accepted Jesus, we are already citizens in heaven. We have already got it. The price was paid for everybody, but for those of us who have accepted it, our entrance is paid. Our name is on the register. When we check in, they will say, okay, Mr. Cole, glad to have you here. Welcome. By the way, good job on the garden down there in Circle 3. You kept it alive through a drought. And you'll be checked off, and you'll enter, and you'll have heaven everlasting. That's something to look forward to. But for those who do not know Jesus today, it says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the adulterers, idolaters, not adulterers, so you know, and the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Folks, God has given us a free will. He exercised that, and mankind exercised that in the Garden of Eden. You get to choose. You can believe in God, believe in the things that I preach from up here, or don't. We're going to love you all the same. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to debate you, but I will love you. You are welcome here. We want you to be a part of us. But whether you believe it or not does not change God's will. I've had people tell me, well, I don't buy into that church stuff. Okay? And I, I'm sorry that they don't. That's their loss because it doesn't change anything. Just because you don't buy into it doesn't mean that it's going to change a thing. God's will will go on. God is God, whether you believe in him or not. I remember one of the little Christmas deals. I think it's Elf. The movie Elf. Has anybody ever seen that movie? And Yeah, my wife watches it. I know it's getting close to Christmas time because she starts putting Elf on. And I know it's getting close to Easter because she's putting Elf on. So forth and so on. But anyhow, one of the things in that movie is... is is the Santa Claus's sleigh was able to run better as people believed in him. The more Christmas spirit there were out there, the more his power was and the, and the more his sleigh would ride. So if you ever watch, it's a pretty funny movie, actually. I've never seen anybody eat syrup on their spaghetti, and I don't want to see it tonight. But I'm just saying, God doesn't operate that way. God does not rely on someone's belief in him to exist. So you can believe or don't believe. If you don't believe, you're only cheating yourself. You're not denying God. So I want to encourage you this morning. What's the harm in believing? 
It's a good thing. And if you believe and if you accept, you become a citizen of heaven. And if you don't, folks, there's consequences to every choice we make in life. I've always told my kids growing up, there are consequences to the choices you make. And the older they got as teenagers, the consequences became more harsh. Because you can make consequences. I've made choices as a teenager that I have lived with my whole life. There are consequences. You can believe or don't believe. We love you all the same. God loves you all the same. But the only way to heaven is Jesus and belief in him. That's the only way to become a citizen of heaven. Heaven is not something that's read. Heaven is something to look forward to. Yes, we've got our lives to live here on earth, and I, and I suggest that we live them to the fullest and the most that we can. But know this. What we're living here on earth is not all there is. It's not even a drop in the bucket of what God has in store for us for eternity. So I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus today, come see me. We'll make the introductions. We'll get you to fill out all the proper forms to become a citizen of heaven, which basically means, Jesus, I love you, I accept you, I'm sorry for my sins, will you forgive me? And the forms are filled out. Funny how that works. But I'll be happy to work with you to get that done. That being said, I'm going to close with a word of prayer, and then we're going to move right into our business so that we can get on to dinner. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your son Jesus and what he's done for us, Lord. And we thank you that you have prepared a place, wherever that may be, that we can be in your presence and that we can be reunited with our loved ones and that we can live in eternity in a place that is truly paradise. Lord, we thank you for that. We just pray that you be with us as we go throughout the remainder of our evening. And as we go into our fellowship time, Lord, we're going to go ahead and pray blessings upon the food. We thank you for that. May you bless us with the nourishment of our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you'd like to, but you're not really sure how, please feel free to email us at circle3podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's circle, the number three, podcast at gmail.com. We would love to help you out. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and click follow. That way you never miss a message. Cowboy churches are the fastest growing in the nation, so there's sure to be one near you if you'd like to try it out. Have a great day. See you next time.